ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. Hey, what is up everyone? And the beauty about having a podcast that is not a slave to ads or any other shitty products like every other podcast does is that we can just jump straight in with the podcast. So without no hesitation, we bring to you this week another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. And if you're new to these Observing Our Thoughts, basically this is where me and Chris just sit down and we ramble deep from within our minds about absolutely everything. So enjoy this episode of Observing Our Thoughts. So another episode of observing our thoughts. Observing our thoughts. A lot more comfier on a couch than it's a, <laughs> the next for lake. <laughs> we've brought it um, in I'm s- home. <laughs> inside now because uh, the last few episodes of observing our thoughts we've done outside. Yeah. In the nice British summer weather, but the day it's a bit overcast, so we're kind of at risk. Yeah. There's a little bit of a wind, so we like went indoors. <laughs> we softened yeah, it yeah, out. There's a tiny bit of wind. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, what's been on your mind? What's one of your observing your thoughts? Oh, what's been on my mind? I've had loads of stuff on my mind. I've been diving deep and um, I've read Max Lug, um, Max Lugridge's book. I can't remember how you see his second name. Uh, and it's called Genius Foods. I've read it twice. Fantastic book. And it's an incredible read because he's talking about how his mum's got... Um, dementia and she was suffering from dementia at an early age and she was very health conscious so she was always following the guidelines set by set from um, the american heart association and stuff like that she was so so clued up but her health completely declined when she was in her 40s and her son max lugrive something like that he was a journalist and then he completely changed his field and he decided to use all of his contacts to travel all around the world to meet all these top scientists. That's a good idea. Top nutritionists to try and figure out what's going on and if it's going to be reversible. So on the way, he discovered the effects of aging on the brain and he was going into the foods of like diets and nutrition and how it can reverse it. So he was talking in the realms of, the realms of like longevity and what's fascinating was it because the more and more he found out, obviously the more and more that's in the book, it just it completely revolutionized his life, his mom's life. And I'm not sure if it like healed her because it didn't feature that at the end of the book, but it showed you so many different studies 
about how much our health and that too much of our um, food is impacting who we are. And it wasn't just showing like the food itself. It was showing how the food's affecting the mind and it was showing how we actually change personality through food. So the food, it, how destructive it can be is also destructive on the mind. And it also changes the whole personality of people. People change completely who they were. Their whole memory was altered through the mind and through the gut, through the good, good biomes. Yeah, it's good. It was a fascinating read. It was so incredible and so, so much in-depth knowledge on what we're not being told. And still to this day, information regarding health is so cloudy. It's like a huge fog and there's a massive ship, yeah. a health ship, right on the other side. And we cannot see it one bit for all this bullshit that's been thrown in front of us through complete million, billion dollar market employees. And that they are incredibly good, completely getting around every part of the system from from using your own mechanisms in your brain against you, like from colouring on products, eye catching, like it's everything, every single thing. Like from the timing when um programmes go air yeah. on T V. So incredible, like did, did you um when did you see the the study the other day though about uh the coconut oil? from Harvard, the Harvard study. No, no. Where Harvard came out and released a, a new publication saying that coconut oil's bad. And so I read through the study. Really? I read through the study and basically the study was saying that the alternative to this, you shouldn't, it was really bad for you, you shouldn't use it. And it said the alternative you should use is palm oil. Palm oil? So obviously we know that palm oil is really bad for you. Wow. But you've got to actually try to look at that study and try to figure out who funded it because sometimes you can actually see who funded the studies and things like that but there was no mention of anyone who funded it mm -hmm. so could have been some sort of agenda behind that because look at the coconut oil market now it's booming mm -hmm. more and more people are realizing that they don't have to use like stupid products that are not in line with who you are yeah and something natural like coconut oil a company doesn't want you to waste all your money on something like that so maybe they've created some sort of biased publication which they have done in the past like they did before for fats and things like that said that fats were bad for you mm. when the remember like a few years ago when the not a few years ago like 10 years ago yeah. when the low fat craze came in and everyone was saying that yeah low fat's good for you low fat so all the products came out low fat and then ironically Pu after that we become a lot like our health physical and mental health went in a complete decline because our brain, natural fat, is basically, it wasn't getting fed the right nutrients. It wasn't getting fed its natural diet. And it's just been on the right decline ever since. I mean, I've, I was actually doing some research as well. And I came across, is our food healthier now? Or was it healthier back then? Even naturally grown crops right now are devalued nutritionally compared to 1970s. Yeah. And if you look at the studies from 1970s to now, we're looking at a rapid increase in morbidly obese children. We're looking at one third of all people in America. Uh, I think it's one third or 25. It's a huge statistic mm -hmm. indicating cancer-related deaths in America. And it showed you the um, heart disease the mortality rate in America. And these were all frightening statistics and these were government issued statistics. 
I'm just trying to find out the. I mean, I, I, I know I was going to say I, I think it's not as well though. It's, it's not just health, uh, nutrition that's down to as well. Mm. I think there's many different factors in the modern day world that's causing uh, health factors on many different levels, like stress and like we're doing with, in life. We're doing so many things that are going against who we neatly are as human beings. Like, well, people are sitting at desks for how, how many hours a week? A week, forty-eight hours a week. In front of bright lights. In front of a bright screen. Yeah. A little box inside yeah. of a box. I think we're doing so many things. So I think, it, but I, I do know what you're saying about health though as well. As health health yeah. is a, like nutrition's a big, sorry, nutrition is a big factor in that. Even though our population's getting larger, we're still getting, a, we're becoming more and more weaker as a species, which is kind of ironic really. But it's basically showing you like how far our tools of longevity are increasing. Like our technology and machines, they are improving a lot of people's longevity, but it's not improving people's thriving. People aren't thriving no more. People are really struggling struggling mentally. Like people forgetting little things in the early 40s. Like, oh, where'd I put my keys? Where'd I put my keys? Could it have done with something like you've just eaten? Have you ever heard of grain brain? Where if you eat... um some like grain like product it affects your brain affects your oh, cognitive information yeah brain, i've heard of it yeah. affects your cognitive output didn't so clive, stuck- clive de call talked about all that yeah on, i think he did on, actually i was either the last episode or the one that's coming up he talked about that information on the brain mm-hmm. well it's like the um the effects of gluten gluten are meant to affect um it was uh, the cause of celiac disease from gluten that was meant to be the only real problem from gluten was celiac disease but until now, they've come out and realised, yeah, actually, gluten will really affect one in four people, instead of like what they thought it was previously, which was only the people suffering from celiac disease, which was about five percent yeah. of the population. So now, what they're saying is, gluten is going to be the cause for grain brain. So we're mentally declining from the causes of grain-like products like pasta, breads, and these were all basically the on the pyramids recommended most recommended we have in our diet mm-hmm. was grain like products and this is where the the problem lies is the information because so many people actually change their diets so it's not from the willingness of people wanting to be healthy mm-hmm. people want to be healthy they want to they want to lose weight they want to look good they want to physically and be mentally good but if you're giving them the wrong information they will follow the wrong information and they'll attach an identity to that information and just be on the decline from it. Of course, that's why it's very cancerous because even like what I said before about that coconut article, when that article comes out and says, oh, coconut's bad, even though that we, me and you both educate on that, we inherently know that that's a flawed study. People, the average dual person, which is maybe 60% of the population, is going to be like, oh, well, Maureen, I told you that I couldn't get the coconut oil anymore. I'm not getting it for our David. Because uh, that's Harvard study says it's bad. And you, well, that coconut oil was bad. It was on the radio. It was on the radio, I'm telling you. I've seen it on the radio. <laughs> but that's exactly what happens, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Well, it gets, it gets like, little things like that, misinformation, gets stuck in the, the public consciousness. Like, the, what I said before about the, the fat essence of how people said in the past fat was bad, so this low-fat craze came in. That is still, that. I think that was... I mean, this. Um, I'm not sure the guy who did that, but a guy. There's, there's. Um, it's complete one million percent true now mm-hmm. that the guy who published published that study saying that um, fat was bad for you was funded by these big companies who were trying to sell low fat products. 
and this is not a conspiracy this is out there now everyone talks about this and um even that whole essence of that whole what he what he created and what cultivated for out of greed mm-hmm. is still in people's consciousness now i mean i know people now who still who still are going to the supermarket and buying low-fat products because of what a guy did 10 years ago it's absolutely fascinating and the the go for alternatives so instead of actually having butter a natural saturated fat mm. intake they'll choose for a product such as margarine which has been altered with tampered with yeah. and filled with such an artificial food creating havoc on the body but marketed as a healthy product heart yeah. healthy product because the law that natural fat intake the natural good element of the butter because people are still caught up on this whole conspiracy of but I'm um, sorry saturated fat clogs arteries which doesn't yeah it's bullshit and yeah and it's, it's been time and time again studies and studies have, have proven this is not to be the case and it, what causes these these um, clogged arteries is basically the sugar the sugar just gets put into the body and then it, what it does is it just it's in a sedentary lifestyle the um, the sugar's not getting released through then it is an energy product. It's just getting stored as fat. So in the store, see that's the misdirection as well. Calling it fat, it gets stored as fat, and then you're eating fat. But it's natural. There's differences between like the fat that's stored in the body mm. and the fat that you're eating. So this is what's like confusing for a lot of people. If I eat fat, I'm going to get fat. Yeah. Well, that's never been the case. Well, it's actually the complete opposite because if you look at all the the new studies now, it all states that. The more fat that you actually eat, like good fat, mm-hmm. the more you actually your body starts turning into a more fat burning machine, and actually you start losing more weight. I mean, I, even I just in, I mean, even just in, I mean, people can can look at these studies, but I think the best thing to do is just to try it yourself. I mean, you can because exactly. you can people can because I think we all we always have this our own intuition that tells us what to do. I mean, and it's not hard to understand that if we look back in history, if what um, hunter gatherers were eating our own our ancestors were eating things like that they were eating sort of high fatty foods mm. um, like butters and not like obviously butters but like milks and hunted game and stuff hunt, like hunted that hunted game like the fats the, 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 the fatty meats and things like that mm. um, what else were they eating I mean they were, they were living a more eating a more natural a complete more natural diet that was in line with their natural environment no. And it's only now as modern day humans that we've complicated things by trying to have things quick and f- quick and fast and easy that we've co- we've complicated it all. I was watching a documentary on Netflix, um, another natural health documentary, and it was about this tribe. Right, the beginning bit was about this tribe, and this guy came in at this tribe and he was starting to ask some questions about um, the diet because there was a ridiculous statistic that. Um, 90% of all the men there was getting, actually I think it might have been 100% of all men and mom, or was that women? Anyways, it was a large number of percentage of the men and women were all morbidly obese mm-hmm. and they all had type 2 diabetes. So, What was they, this in the tribe? Yeah, this tribe. Mm-hmm. And they went and asked this tribe, they were like, what's happened? Why have you all got diabetes? And they were like, we haven't got a clue. 
what happened was and it was a McDonald's just around the corner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try Burger King. <laughs> no, um what he has was um they had a they were influenced by Western culture. Western culture came into their like civilization mm-hmm. and altered their eating patterns. So instead of eating only when they necessary, they were starting to eat on our daily three morning eat morning, noon and night ritual. The three meals a day principle. Which is very flawed as well, by the way. So they were following this principle, eating westernized cultured foods. They stopped eating their own products. And so he asked the question, what was life like before the Western? Um, how do people die before then? And she goes, well, all the people die now basically because of illness, sickness and diabetes and heart disease. These were like the natural causes now. So he said, what about further back? How do people die? And all was like wars and stuff like that. And he went, what, what, what was like the early stages of your tribe? How do people die? She went, old age. That was their number one reason for dying then, was just old age. Mm-hmm. She said, what, so what was diet like then? She went, we, all we ate was the coconuts. We just ate natural foods, what we hunted. We um, cultivated our own food. Yeah. So it was just showing you the decline physically from a culture which is rich in nutrients, minerals, health, health at an abundance, by the way, physical prowess of hunting this game and then feeding it to everyone. There was no stress, no cortisol levels were raised. They were completely at one with each other. And it was the rapid decline of this westernized culture mm-hmm. breeding in their own values because they thought that indicating... A tribe which doesn't eat in the morning to them was classed as primitive. If they don't have like a natural eating pattern, that's so primitive. But they like thought like the belly of, sorry, what is the quote that um that the seer the Native Americans used when they were asked about their eating habits? They said, "Where do you store your food?" And he says, "I store the food in the belly of my brother," and meaning the animals that he hunted when he needed resources. Yeah. And this is what's missing now. We're missing this. This this love and aspect towards food, I th- I really do believe that we're missing like the care and nurture, the commitment to food, because when you're hunting food, that is a commitment, a commitment that you're feeding your family, you're feeding yourself. It's beautiful process of li- of life and taking it away. It's not. I don't. Need, I, I love that. It's not even the process as well of of the actual the the essence of just eating the food. Mm. It's everything that comes with that tribe actually getting that food. So that tribe will be. Well, they'll have a whole community aspect that'll work together to one goal to go and get that food. Whereas now you're 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 we're completely away from that process. Mm. You'll well, I'm guilty of this. You're guilty of this. People listening to this are going to be guilty of this. You get in your car, you drive to the food place, you, you hand over a form of currency to get that to get your food, and that whole real thing is missing isn't that mm-hmm. do, you, do you understand what i mean that's yeah, not yeah. there anymore like whereas in the past you'd be with you i mean you would be together would have our other three or four or five best friends would go and hunt the food would bring it back the the community would all be together would all eat together and even if you look at studies now studies are suggesting that the secret to longevity is community aspects like when wow. people we talked about this before when people haven't got that real community aspect that's when health deteriorates, and it's the main, it's the main scientific studies that you all suggest that that's the main benefactor of longevity in human beings. Well, it's it, you're very, 
that's a mint quote by the way mint powerful in, insight on a uh, community base i was thinking there of me in mind about um dependency right so there's like a, and this is gonna be interesting one you know how we're we assign a lot of like negativity towards health because of people's dependency on on something like the form and identity around it do you think a dependency on um a culture or like a tribe is a good thing because i do i see like i see um if you give someone a rule and they perform that rule well so say like you were the forager so you went out to look for food and you brought that food back that's an important rule so there's different there's different types of dependencies but i was thinking in the context of if you're so dependent on something is it a bad thing whereas in that case if in a tribe aspect it wouldn't be but if you were say by yourself and you were dependent on like nicotine or something like that it's like to control your urges i don't know where i'm going with this i know what you're saying i know what you're saying this is what i got from this this is what i'm thinking in my head there so what i was picturing we had there is us as a human race now on the planet mm-hmm. we we actually are more dependent than a tribal than a tribal uh, than a sort of a prehistoric tribal community because yeah. they're sort of self they're more in their in their position that they're in they're more self-reliant so they're they're more dependent so see if see if um for us as modern day humans our food source disappears we we don't have that ability to get it ourselves we're reliant on one person so as a human race we're like we're a big tribe on the planet now mm-hmm. but we're but no one in the tribe actually knows how to get the food it's only someone else else who's supplying that tribe yeah being human beings on the planet and what happens if that disappears then chaos will break out on the planet yeah people start looting shops then what's going to happen when people start looting shops they'll start fighting each other that's what they say don't they say that we're only nine miles away from chaos the whole human race to say if you take away everything would be fine but if you take away a man's and woman's food within nine meals it'll be chaos but this is what i'm thinking of like when i'm thinking there i mean that tribe just depends on each other to survive and thrive as well like but then there's another dependency that we have the dependency on food to be stocked up in supermarkets we're dependent on that is that a bad thing that we are not culturally adaptive to if shit hits the fan mm-hmm. like the the way out like how do you grow your own crops how do you grow carrots how do you how do you look after chickens these are just simple things that someone who could go like 60 70 eight years in the whole life and not know how terrifying a yeah. statistic See, is that the thing, the thing is we're in a point where the point that we've got to in civilization now that aspect of us creating a system where we can just go to the supermarket has cultivated where we are sitting now on this couch using these microphones because that there is something beautiful about because that, that well. whole essence of of um the domestication of plants um domestication of crops and everything like that creates civilization like all through times it's created civilization i mean there's even rumors and people's going to disagree with this but you just do a bit of research anyway on ancient cultures of the past like um the mayans and the egyptians and the pe- builders of gold blackly tepe they domesticated their environment so that they could 
um, what's the word? So they could basically build the pyramids. So they could they could have a structure where the workers could have domesticated foods. So they could build structures. And look at our civilization now. Yeah. We've domesticated our crops. We have a system where we go to the supermarket so that we can build infrastructure, housing, mm-hmm. schools. So basically, people can do multiple things. You don't have to. People don't have to be. You don't have to waste all your time going and hunting food on the plains. That's of, a good point. In the forest or whatever it is, is a whole system now where you can just quickly go and get your food, and in the meantime, you can add to civilization. You can yeah. build something. You could. You can be a worker or whatever you want to be. That's it, that's that's what I'm. It saying. feels like your creative endeavors are more important than than the basic in- impacts of life like uh, sorry the basic structures of life like yeah like foraging growing hunting like basically basic forms of survival are rendered obsolete if you can provide a, a service or a creative outlook that can help humanity evolve which I'm not sure if is right even what I said though before though as well about how the domestication of that of us having supermarkets has got us to where we are now that could still even though that's got us to where we are now that could still be gone in two seconds that could be exactly. a, that could be humanity's downfall that no one is actually because i've said this before to you before that in life if you if you can't move if you're in a position where you can't move if you're stuck in a certain belief or if you're stuck in a certain direction or whatever it is and you don't have the ability as a person to switch or change your stance and where you are. Like in the future, like technology's coming around the corner. People's yeah. People are now jumping on the technological bandwagon, but people don't realise what what losing of our true selves of being in nature is actually going to be doing to ourselves. So if you st- get yourself stuck in one direction or the other, like too much in nature or too much in technology, mm-hmm. you won't have the ability to move. So just like as a civilization now, we might not have. If because we've come reliant on other systems to feed out, to give us our nutrients, to give us our food, that might be our, that could be our puddle. Like we're stuck in that big puddle yeah. in there now, so we've got no maneuver to move who we are as people. So that's something that just come along, like a natural disaster to come along. Which there's a quote by um, Lauzu, I think it is, in the book The Art of War, and he says that civilizations have all come and gone. So, like, could that be one of our downfalls? Say if an asteroid hit the planet, mm-hmm. well, oh, oh, have you got the ability to, to go and hunt and gather? Have you got the yeah, ability to go out there and grow your food? I haven't. I haven't got it. I've actually scary. been looking into it. And I, when I've started looking at it, I was thinking, bloody hell, I'm a duck in water here. But what did they say, right? I haven't got a clue. If, if See if, like, um, see if this asteroid, this natural disaster happened. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get planning permission. Is, is that still going to be all a thing? Oh, it's a shite. That goes out the window. There's going to be people hunting your your livestock. There's going to be people wanting your crop. People are going to steal. People are going to fight the way. People are going to kill, murder for your crops. Yeah. That's the art of survival. That's what people don't yeah. realise. People think, oh, well, I'm just, yeah, I, I know how to grow crops. Yeah, you might know how to grow crops, but you know how to defend those crops. There's a whole different element of survival. Survival is one man will take your shit for his benefit. Yeah, and he... He's going to want to provide for his family and you're going to want to provide for yours. So you're going to... This is not more than just knowing how to grow your crops. It's knowing how to become who you truly are. The art of survival is being a man, being the real human being. You, you know what? You know what? Um, being hard, a warrior. You know what's hard though for that as well though? It's Because uh, I think you, 
we can't just wait for a natural disaster to come along to to reshape civilization because that would reshape reshape civilization that would make people actually realize that we might have to start taking back our own power and get things in place to start growing your own food so you, it's going to force you to start becoming one with your natural environment mm. or you're going to die so you're going to have to get yourself sorted but i think we can we're living in a world now where people are wanting to do that now people are wanting to become more in touch with the environment like i myself i've been trying to look into how we grow foods how to by land so I can start being more self-efficient but the government are actually making it hard for people to even do that so we're relying on the government now we're relying on all supermarkets and big companies to keep to keep feeding us keep feeding us so that we can keep feeding their their whole uh, machine mm-hmm. like the western machine that's keep moving plowing forward plowing forward which no one's stopping and saying, oh, hold on a second, this might be a bad thing. We're completely giving all our power, power away. But um, the system is making it even hard for people to, to get off that that uh, Western machine that's going forward mm-hmm. and change the stance. Because there was a guy, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, I think I might have told you, but there was a guy in somewhere in America who basically was out fishing on his land and somebody seen him fishing on his land and basically all he was doing was catching one fish for his tea on a night time, and he's always done it. But mm-hmm. he was like, he got caught by someone, someone's seen him, so somebody like uh, told the authorities on him. So basically the authorities come and arrested him for basically fishing, and they took him to court on it, and they were trying to like basically get him fined or get, even give do jail time as well for it, Jeez, which is absolutely insane. scary, that brother. Because that, it goes into the bigger question as well of the humanness of what is human the, the human aspect of what you meant can actually do on on a planet that we're only visitors on that's what it goes to really yeah, exactly. deep down but anyway this guy was in a position where he was trying to be more self-reliant and he wasn't trying to rely on supermarkets and they as a system as the system was trying to make it so hard for him and putting so much pressure on him and, and singling him out as someone who's crazy but me looking through through my new lenses that i've got now He's actually the one who's doing the good, and the and the mm-hmm. the courts who are trying to put pressure on him are, to me, are fucking crazy. They're insane. They've lost the whole whole humanness to it. And uh, but anyway, it doesn't feel like it's human, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't when you actually ask the question. But it's there's so much legislation and bullshit wrapped in that that it actually manipulates the average person to think that that guy is in the wrong. Jeez. That's what it is. It, um, it's even the essence as well as we've talked about this loads in the podcast as well but when people say oh, I own this land like you know can you remember when we posted a post on our Facebook it was the Indian quote and it says what's the, the Native American quote sorry it says no Is it like, how um, can you buy the land how can you buy the yeah how would you sell the um, sky how can you how buy would you sell the, the waters when they are filled with the blood of yeah, men basically, how can you buy the land when this land yeah. is just borrowed? That was, one day, one day we'll give it back. Basically, yeah. that was when the president wanted to well, buy the anyway, land. Anyway, on that, we had comments by people on our Facebook page saying, "Well, I do own this land because I, because I've bought it. I've worked all my life to pay for this land. I own this land." So, like, people are wrapped up in, in thinking that we have a right to that land. That's ours. That'll always be ours, just because we have a piece of paper. And that's just the same with that guy where legislation is. Is being put in place by cleverly people who have thought about this for thousands of years to try and stop people from taking back the power. Mm-hmm. And he's this is a guy that comes along who actually was, which was quite funny about the story, is that he actually knew his power. He knew his rights. He was so clued up on the law 
that has been twisted and changed so that we can't get our power back he knew the full workings of it so i can't really do the video justice but i'll put it in the show notes so that people can see mm-hmm. the full workings that went on but basically to cut to the point this guy knew all his legislation he was a very well educated man and he ended up having a discussion with the woman in the courtroom mm-hmm. and the woman in the courtroom because she because truth always truth always trumps lies truth truth always trumps legislation truth in the human heart always tr- trumps bullshit basically that's being yeah. bullshit legislation and he was in a full courtroom and he completely just verbally annihilated this this uh, judge and the judge didn't have a leg to stand on she tried to get the cop at the side to arrest him the cop wouldn't arrest him because the cop knew that the guy was in his right so the judge ended up walking out the judge the courtroom Shame, because she couldn't because she couldn't win him and when she was when when the guy was walking out of the courtroom what was really interesting is that the cop actually shook the guy's hand and said i really respect what you're doing you're making history here well that just goes to show man but what could happen right as a humanity if we could actually be void of this perception that we have in our head that what the things that we've been told is which is which is right and wrong even though inherently we know it is right deep mm-hmm. within like we know in your heart that nobody owns any land if anyone someone's starving somebody should be actually willing should be allowed to go to a, a pond and fish out fish some food i mean here's 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 a crazy thing right that same legislation that's in place who was stopping that guy from taking out one fish to feed his family him and his family just one fish that's all he wanted mm-hmm the same legislation that's in place to try and stop him from doing that is the same legislation that has been passed in Congress to allow us to go into a sea, completely take out all the fish in an area, completely at the same time pollute that area as well when the ships are in there, take out completely deplete that whole area, not even thinking about is this other or is this area of type of fish going to become extinct because we're just over fishing mm-hmm. that same legislation that puts that in place stops one guy from actually stops from starving to death and eating one fish that's what's fucked up right there yeah that's true man that was a big big insight on where we are at, at the minute as a human race because we're so wrapped up in this whole we think we're better than this planet on occasion yeah, we do. do like we think we are much more advanced than what's been here for millions of years that we can actually come up with legislations that keep us tied down to a system on a pyramid of bullshit we are trapped on it man we are trapped on this ride and we're struggling to find a way to get off and i was talking to a guy before just a normal van driver and he was just telling us something like and it really hit the hit the fan he went you know all this because we're in an industrial estate and he went you know all this all these factories you went, imagine one day all of this shit hits the fan. The stock market collapses. Riots are on the street. Do you think them people who are leading us now are going to be in power? And I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. He was like, I know a guy who knows nothing. He's he's never, um, he's got nothing in life, like financially. He just goes to work, comes home. But if shit hit the fan, he would be one of these people who would rule this country. I was like, how, how is that something like that? Because people would rely on brute force. Brute force, mental toughness, and just fear. They would breed a, a life of fear. And I was thinking, 
this is what we've got now. This government is that big bully. They're breeding us into a life of fear, mm-hmm. into us right now. They're scared of us wanting to go into like wanting to us to stand on our own two feet and go, you know what, this is this is my this is where I'm gonna hunt. This is where I'm gonna fish. This is where I'm gonna get my water from. They're the big bully. They're the one who hasn't really got anything. But because we haven't really we haven't really got anything. We've given our power away. We've given so much power away to a government that'll structurally keep us on the lower ranking system that'll make us believe that we're nothing. And we'll live in this fear-based society talking about bullshit like how much sugar's in bread or what's on the latest Jeremy Kyle episode or whatever, like crap like that. That's that's just ploys to keep us on a low plane. And even on at the scale of is the earth flat? It's just a ploy that the government uses to keep us on a, on a limited plane of thinking. Yeah, it creates amazing conversations, but ultimately the whole end goal is the government wants us to talk about all these things because it doesn't want us to speak about their agendas. It doesn't want to speak us about them belittling us as a human race. That keeps us on a limited plane. Well, if, if we on a spiritual plane as well. Us as well. I mean, it is. It is. But if we start, if if we do start taking our power back. That's what the the government don't want. The government don't want people going out there and and, and gathering their own fresh water. I mean, it's crazy, but there's a legislation. It's actually, I think it's in the, I'm sure it's in the UK. It's actually legal to collect your own rainwater. Really? That rains down from the earth. I'm sure there's certain parts in the UK where you're not allowed to collect your own rainwater, which I think is absolutely insane, by the way, because we're paying for water that's full of shit as well at the end of the day. But we've, but that's how... That's how is a a people that you can actually you can start taking your own power back if you start educating yourself on because in life right you don't need all a lot of things that you surround yourself with in life you don't really need them like you don't need mm. this big flashy car you don't need this massive mansion that you live in you don't need you don't deep down you don't need these things deep down in your heart you know what you want you need food you need water and you need community and shelter. And a shelter. Yeah, and, I agree. And once them four basic things are met, everything you don't really, really, you don't really need anything else. But we've been sold this idea that you do need something else. You do need more than that. You can't be, you can't be satisfied with that. You keep have to be plugging forward. Yeah. But when you, as a human being, you try to take that power back and go back to them four things that you really need. Like I'll tell you a really funny story. Right, this is another one. There's a story about um, a guy who was, I think he was an anthropologist, where, or basically anyway, who someone who researches tribes. Mm-hmm. And he went over and he was doing a documentary. And this is a famous story, This so someone could look this up and find actually find the documentary as well. I'm not sure what it's called, but I watched the documentary anyway. And a guy went over to, to visit loads of different tribes around the world. Yeah. And he spent like months with them, living with them, cooking with them in their ways and things like that. And basically, it was coming at the end of the time of the documentary where the guy had, had enough footage and he was time to come back to to the, to the US, to America. And the people in the tribe says, since you uh, lived with us, when can we come to see your home? Whoa. <laughs> and um, he was like thinking, well, you can't come to my home. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the guy <laughs> thought, well, maybe it would be a good idea for them to actually come to America, maybe film a tribe actually leaving their home and coming to the, sort of the... His house. Come, come to the western world sort of thing so anyway the guy spoke to the person who was the director of the documentary and said I've got, got a quite interesting idea I, I had quite, quite an interesting idea to bring the tribal people to America and we'll film it as a second part of the documentary 
But the only thing is I'm worried about is that once we bring them over, we'll not be able to get them out of McDonald's. They'll be sitting in McDonald's all day. <laughs> so anyway, the director says, honestly, don't worry about that. These people will not be interested in McDonald's. Trust us. They'll be, they'll be scream, wanting to scream and to go like home. I'm happy meals, man. <laughs> they'll, be wanting to scre- they'll be screaming to run home like before, before the second day. So basically, anyway, they set it all up, and these tribal people come over to America in the in the guy's home. So anyway, the the guy obviously leaves the tribal people in the house, and the the Americans are, the American keeps going to work every day and coming back. Mm-hmm. And the tribal people turn around to the guy and say, "Where where are you going every day? Where do you keep going every day, every morning, and every night? You turn back at the same time." Mm-hmm. And the tribal uh, the guy says, "I go to work." He went, work, what what, what do you go to work for? He was like, to pay for this, to pay for this house. He went, and the tribal guy went, oh, how many hours do you have to work for this house? And he went, oh, um, 48 hours, 48 hours. Um, sorry, he said, he said seven hours, he said, he said eight hours every single day for 30 years. And he went, oh, no problem. Me and my friends build you house <laughs> in two days. <laughs> Whoa! So like that's the whole essence of of like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's funny, it's funny, isn't it? That's class. <laughs> but it's like things that we think that we have to do when we don't really have to do them. They're so, exactly. But if we just imagine though, if if I said to you, because deep down, I mean, we know people with many different trades. Mm-hmm. Deep down, we know many with different people, many loads yeah. of different people. Very working class. So if imagine if we decided right which. In the olden days, you could you could be able to do this, and the sole legislation legislation stopped me from doing from doing this. But if you went out there and we said, right, instead of you having to go to work for thirty years to buy a house to have a roof for your family and your kids or whatever, we all get together as a community and we'll build your house in two days, so you don't have to give away all your time to something that you really don't want to do. Yeah, and we'll just build your house. But this, but that's not going to be. You're not going to be allowed to do that because the legislation in place was for building regulations. You have yeah. to have pay for people to come in to check the buildings' rights. You have so a land and registry. I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there isn't a place for that in, in society because there is things that do come of it. Like if buildings are not built correct, they can fall down. But the, you've got to remember the people who are legislating that are still innately you, really. But the only thing that's wrapped in with that is. A little bit of fake legislation that says, "All right, I have a badge, so I can say that this house is structurally, <laughs> structurally good." That's all. It, that's all it is. But I think if people start actually zooming away from all this this bullshit that we're all wrapped in, mm. that's when we can start taking our power back. But it is so hard within the confines that we're given in life. It is so hard to find our way through that. But yeah. you can do it. You can. You can do it. Yeah, yeah. You certainly can. I mean, it's interesting right now because um, I think everyone knows my backstory. Like, I work in a, um, I work in a factory. Uh, brothel. Uh, yeah, I work in a brothel. <laughs> I am the manager. Managing director now. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Cindy. <laughs> pimp. Yeah, pimp, man. Um, no, I work in a, in a factory and it's interesting. The last few weeks we've had been a little transitional stage there. And what's happened is the owner of the company passed on. He's just died. He died from, well, it was a suspected heart attack, but it wasn't. It ended up being a brain, like um, an issue with his brain. And it made me think about what like the value of life at the end of life. And when I'm really looking, and I'm looking at like what he's left behind, he's left like obviously a factory, like a couple of factories, all this money, 
and he was obsessed with work. He was very work oriented, and there was something to admire on the like, on the building process from where I've seen Ascend grow. Because I was like thinking his mindset is so focused and clear on work. That's how he's got to the stage and level he is. There was never any spiritual growth, never any physical like mental gro- physical growth between like his body was never in the great shape, but ultimately he grew in the area that he wanted which was financial and business business development and it made me think was that is that at the end of life is that a value is that something that you can honestly look at yourself look in your eyes and go i've i've had a great life and i really try to ask think of that because he was someone who like he was the only person i've ever met who was in a, like a situation that was successful mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. as a kid is yeah. what like um would be classed as in today's standards yeah. and i couldn't find it i couldn't find that i found a void of of um deep connection to what it's all about with this game and then I, that point was when i realized no it's never it's never going to be about money it's never going to be about even spiritual growth it's never going to even be about love it's going to be about everything in a moment. It's going to be about every single thing in your life is incredible. Even the, even the shit hit the fan. That shit hit the fan for you. Mm. That's going to be amazing. And it was all, everything what you get given in life, miracle. And you need to treat it like a miracle. This, this vessel that I'm in, miracle. This planet I'm on, miracle. Me speaking to you, yeah. miracle. Do you, know, do you know? I like that. Do you know when you you, know, you said before about um, realizing every single moment is great, right? It's funny because um, this is one of my observed thoughts. Actually, I've had. Oh wow! I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna talk about it on this one. Actually, I was gonna see her for another one because I was gonna let it sort of more Fester. sever in my mind. Uncle Fester. But it's just it's perfect <laughs> what you were saying because in life, when we do certain things, we see certain environments or certain situations is perfect so what i mean by that is so mm-hmm. when you're when we're on this journey and you're starting to and you're starting to educate yourself and things like that you start coming more consciously aware that certain environments and things are around you like piss you off more than others basically so see if you go to you a lot like for one i'll just give an example for me because i don't want to make assumptions for other people because i'm not seeing anything of anything is better than other things but basically for me things that i hate one of my things i hate is see if i was to have to go to a shopping mall i would that would that's my hell but if i was in that supermarket now i would also realize that that supermarket is 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 no is actually a moment for me to sort of a moment for me to actually sort of learn a lot about myself and actually you actually um the skills and things that I've built up to actually test myself and challenge myself in their moment to not get angry at someone, they not get pissed off, to actually embrace a moment and even use that moment for in, in respect, for deep introspection mainly as well. Mm-hmm. But I think in life we sort of have these imaginary lines between things that are not, uh, what's the word, are not, what's the word I'm looking for, are not basically moments for you to grow in Mm-hmm. compared to moments that you think in your mind are to grow in. I think every single thing that we do in life is all moments for you to actually sort of tap into and use. Like the games the games mm-hmm. full of endless like basically end, endless boss battles everywhere. Like 
everything's a boss battle like in a computer game when you play have a boss battle and you come against like um, yeah. this is the way I like to say it right have you ever seen um, sort of you know on the game Mario Super Mario oh yeah, yeah. so you know on Mario on the old Mario's it's been a long time since I played Mario but I can remember you used to have these tubes that you could go down you remember the yeah, tubes yeah 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 so see imagine on that game of Mario where you're walking along the tubes and you get through the level and you jump over and every now and again you would jump down a tube and it would take you to another world uh-huh. like I think that's what all these all these different uh, that's why I said these get rid of all these different lines and whatever circumstance you are in it's just like another tube in Mario so you go down the tube it's like Boo, Mario you get through the tube and then you're just in like a level when a suit them all and that's actually year, one of your levels to oh, collect wow. more coins you've got to sort of like work your way through all the, not get stressed at someone yeah that's great that it's really interesting that. really great analogy and you know how Mario grew by the way mushrooms Oh, there you go. Oh. Exactly. Trying to observe me. <laughs> Let's dive in, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I went there? <laughs> That's a good, good uh, segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to talk about me observing me thoughts? Yeah. Like, let's find, what else has been on your mind, Dan? Oh. What's been on your mind? Oh. Let me tell me about the hornet. Oh, Jesus Christ! Right. So, how? Where do I start here? So, basically, had a mushroom experience. Uh, it was very, very interesting experience I had. So, I'll, I'll give you a bit, a bit of backstory to let people know so basically me and my friend went and it was decided to take mushrooms one day and we decided to go into the woods mm-hmm. the reason why we chose the woods for is because obviously i've read a lot i've listened to lots of uh terence mckenna talks and bill hicks um talks on youtube and things like that and they all and everyone who does mushrooms always says that one of the main environments that you need to be in to get the best out of that experience is to go into the natural environment to be in the woods and be in nature Mm -hmm. so i felt like that's what i had to do that was i was sort of sometimes in the little voice inside guides you to do these little things and that's what it was telling me so anyway me and obviously miller who you know our one of our best friends Mm -hmm. basically decided to go into the woods and have a little bit of fun (laughs) So anyway, basically, we obviously ingested the mushrooms, and basically, what happened is it was a. Are them the ones you bought from Asda, like night night. <laughs> yeah, the the, the, the the what do you call it? The <laughs> button mushrooms or the something. Butter, butter nut mushrooms. <laughs> Chestnut mushrooms. Chestnut mushrooms. Mm. And we're eating these mushrooms, and we're thinking, God, these mushrooms this is aren't, not an aren't, aren't working. So anyway, my friend Miller says, "Why don't we? I mean, these normally good with." Be a bit of bacon and egg and sausage <laughs> fried <laughs> fried <laughs> get the that, frying pan on <laughs> get the frying pan on frying pan on but anyway we decided to take these mushrooms and it was like one hour in and obviously nothing was happening and we were thinking what's going on here because normally after about one hour the mushrooms do kick in and you obviously start do see and start visions and things like that nothing had happened so we decided to up the dose a little bit which is normally a schoolboy error because if you open the doors too early and you, you're you going to regret it later on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we upped the doors and it was about an hour and a half in and nothing still happened. We were thinking, what is going on here? What is going on? So anyway, we, we upped the doors again a little bit more. I'm not giving the dosages that we take but because I'm not advised, I'm not going to advise any dosages because I think as well, just to say as well, I think that people, when people do take them, I think people need to actually just take a very small amount yeah. and just obviously to find your own edge and then and maybe just do what we did and just wait a few hours and see what happens. And then if nothing's happening, then slowly creep up. Don't just go for the, the Terence McKenna um, God door straight away. Mm. <laughs> God door. <laughs> what, what did he used to call it again? Terence McKenna used to call it the... It was, did he call it the God Dose? 
I'm sure, I can't remember, basically something on the lines, Ter- Terence McKenna used to call it the God Dose anyway. So basically we just crept the dose up and then eventually we weren't feeling the spot that we were in for some reason, that we were in the woods. Mm-hmm. And our friend said, why don't we just, why, why don't we have a little walk through the woods and, and find another spot and have a little feel for another spot? Yeah. So we started walking through the woods and anyway, both of us just seeing the spot in the corner and funny enough, the, act, the spot had lots of um, fungi and mushrooms around the tree. Not magic mushrooms. Just normal. Oh. But sort of normal mushrooms. Because obviously, the, that wood that we go to a lot, um, called the, which is called the forges in the UK, it actually has a lot of natural sort of fungi and stuff like that. And mushrooms grow there. But anyway, this spot in Pacific had loads of mushrooms around. So it felt right. It was flack around. So we could just sit down and chill. Yeah. So anyway, we were just, it's still nothing had happened. And we just lay on our back anyway in this spot. And then eventually we'll just lie on our back, closing our eyes. And eventually things were starting to kick in place and you could start seeing a couple of visuals and patterns and stuff like that behind our behind our eyes and stuff. And most of the things that were happening were like in, in our own internal world. They weren't like on the external world, right? Nothing was really happening on the external. It was more internal. That was things were starting to ch- change and shift within. Mm-hmm. And you were starting to go on a few little journeys in your mind and things like that. And anyway, all of a sudden we... Um, we could feel the creep. We could feel little things tingling. We feel our ears popping and things like that. And could we could on a biological level, we'd start feeling things differently. Differently. And then anyway, um, I noticed that my friend was like, he had his head like looking upside down, looking around, like following like because it was like a, a collection of hornets that were that were sweeping around us. And he, st- I could see him start looking at them and, and floating around and stuff. And as I looked at him, I realized when I looked, put my attention on the hornet, I realized that the hornet was like basically like the matrix completely slowed down and it was oh, just stationary shit. in one spot but the Holy wings were moly. still flapping but you could see like the wings in real slow motion get going whoa 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 so Fuck i seen me, him man. looking at it and <laughs> the way his head position was because he was like turning his head like following this hornet like this around and i was like whoa and it made me start like laughing so i was laughing my head off so and he seen me laughing so we're just both giggling for ages and obviously sometimes when you do take mushrooms it induces you to sort of have really a lot of uh, laughing fits yeah but all that i remember is me and him were standing and we were just having these we we're just laughing harder than we've ever laughed before mm. we we're laughing so hard that our jaws were aching and our bellies felt like we're doing an ab workout it was absolutely killing like decked on our like dropped to our knees in laughter i couldn't stand up both of us on our knees like howling at the top of our voice, voices and what, what's even funny is as well because in this moment even though you're laughing in the the laughter which I'll describe as well it's not just a laughter where you would laugh about a certain th- like a, a comedy with your friend it was like a laughter that was attached to pure love like Whoa. imagine being imagine laughing with pure joy and love at the same time it was like just the most loving and most unconditional laughter I've ever felt in my life yeah and anyway, what was funny is, is we were laughing our heads off, and you know our friend James yeah, Miller. He basically laughs like a, a donkey, <laughs> basically like howling, like, 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 like a Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> but he basically laughs so howls so loud. And uh, what was funny is, is two people must have been he- hearing us laughing our heads off. So the two people come down to check, make sure that someone wasn't getting murdered in the woods or something. And they've come down and popped their heads over to see what the hell was happening. And he, and at the time, our friend was just going like, <laughs> howling his head off. <laughs> and the people were looking down, thinking like, what the hell is going on? Then I seen them looking, 
like laughing, so it made us even laugh even more. He seen me looking at them laughing, so it was making him. So it was even. They must have been thinking, "What the hell is going on <laughs> down there in the woods? Two crazy idiots down there." <laughs> so anyway, eventually, from so from initially seeing that nothing was kicking in, we checked the time and we realised that two hours had passed. Where me and him were just laughing for two hours. So <sighs> you know how I know I don't know if there's any scientific research on this, but you know how they say in life that when you're having fun, time. Flies, flies much more quicker. So it felt like because we were in a pure state of trance where we were just laughing our heads off, completely immersed in that moment, not thinking about anything else, that we looked at the time and we were like, eh. it felt like literally five minutes were there, but the time had just vanished. It felt like, you, like, you know, when people say they've been abducted by aliens. <laughs> We'd been abducted by mushrooms. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> Maybe hell, it was bro. aliens. <laughs> but anyway, as well, what happened was, is going back to the story where I seen him looking at the, the hornet, I decided that I would try the same thing. So I started looking at this hornet and I was really staring at it. And it was just doing the exact same thing of what he was describing where the wing, the, the hornet was just basically sort of like matrix style. <coughs> just imagine a hornet, it's completely stationary and the wings were just flapping so fast you could see them. But at the same time, when you focused, everything around that perspective was completely zoomed out and the hornet's wings were just going... But it felt, it felt like you were... You weren't only just analysing the hornet, you felt in a way that you were connected to that hornet. You felt like you could actually... I can't really describe what it is, but you just... Because language sometimes doesn't do it justice, but you felt like you were were in some sort of... You had some sort of symbiotic relationship with this hornet that you wouldn't normally tune into. Because I think that's what the mushroom tends to do. It tends to... What I felt is that it actually... It's like I said before. It's more internal. Something happens, so it switches something internal. Like it changes your lenses of perception, like mm-hmm. in your reality. So instead of having your own conditioned layers on, it changes something even deeper. Even though when I go in the woods, I'm still, I I know that my biologically and my senses shift and change, so that I do look at the woods a lot different. Yeah. But this was on another level. It was even deeper. <sighs> it was a, a lot deeper connection. So anyway, I start looking at this hornet. And I was just watching it for ages and just, you know, when you're like, you're so immersed in something that you just can't take your eyes off it. Mm. Like the wonder of, I mean, I, when I go in the woods and I look at an insect, I'm in wonder, but it wasn't like this type of wonder. It was like a, it was like a child or wonder of like f- looking at a hornet for the first time ever in your life and just staring at it and just being like, mesmerized. this is fucking incredible. Look at this hornet. It can fly and it's right in front of my face right now. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. So anyway, what happened is I was staring at it. And obviously, I don't know if I know you spoke to, to Miller as well. Yeah. And I don't know if he'd tell you the story. But what happened is, I put my finger out in the sky, and this hornet literally just landed on my finger. And it was just there for ages, and we're just staring at it. And he seen me looking at it. And he started laughing, made him, it started him off again laughing. And he was like, ah! And this hornet was in. I was like, this is crazy. Look at the hornet on my finger. It's on my <laughs> finger. It's crazy. So anyway, then it flew off. And we just kept going around in the forest and just doing picking different things, like spiders. And we could just see the inner detail of the spider and we felt like we were connected to it and stuff like that. Jeez. Then anyway, what was interesting again is I was looking up this hornet and these hornets were around us all the time. And we, yeah, This is crazy, right? But do you know, we got the sense, right, that... And obviously we are on mushrooms and things like that as Didn't well. Didn't help you carrying the honey around everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the honey. Yeah. <laughs> all, this, all the sugar. <laughs> but anyway, basically we got the sense that... I, you have, I don't know if you've seen, you haven't seen the Mr. Nobody yet, have you? No. All the way through. Yeah. I've said it about a million times, you'll have to watch it. But in Mr. Nobody, it's based in a, a futuristic city in the future. And uh, the guy who's in the main character in the film, 
he has these uh, cameras around him that follow him all the time because he's the oldest man in the world. Not to give too much away again, but he's mm-hmm. the oldest man in the world. And these cameras that are monitoring him are not like sort of cameras that we have in the modern day world now. It would be like a big camera or even a GoPro in the corner. The cameras were sophisticated and they were actually like hornets. I think they, were, they weren't hornets, but they were like some sort of flying insect or something. So they were the cameras right. around him. And we felt when we were in that, when we were having the psychedelic trip, we thought that these cameras were actually weren't an insect. It was actually a camera watching us. It just we just got that sense, and it was so funny. I mean, imagine if it was like sort of. This is what we were saying at the time. Imagine it was some sort of futuristic, um, some some futuristic technology. Someone actually, <laughs> the aliens were watching us using these hornets to to watch us to guide you to guide us and then we're looking at these two little monkeys laughing their heads off and just going oh here we go here's the two monkeys again that's insane man on a TV on this in this TV show has been beamed <laughs> millions of people in a different intergalactic solar system and all this like ha look at the monkeys again taking the <laughs> mushrooms look at them laughing their heads off here we go bloop that's <laughs> what I was thinking like that but we were just going around the forest and we're just testing loads of different things but this what I what I understood is that there's this just because, just because your rational mind can't really, just because your rational, you see, because your rational mind, it sometimes tries to it tries to put names and labels on these things, mm-hmm. like all these exp- all these different experiences that we encounter, our like conditioned mind. But if you just, when you do surrender to that and surrender to the fact that you don't know what's going on around you in your environment, you don't really know what's happen what what you don't even know what this reality is really and you surrender to that mm-hmm. something opens up beyond like your conditional layers Jeez. it really it, it's and I've, i have felt this before when i went in the woods that i do know that your unconditional your conditional layers do start to deteriorate yeah. but with this it, it even it, the barriers just completely dissolved and even in moments as well i mean i'll give you another funny funny moment that we had was so to make it a bit different as well my f- friend our friend Miller had a. Um, he was playing some. He wanted to change it up, and he's always wanted to play sort of spacey music, like interstellar music. So, and for me, it was I wanted to just be more sort of just the natural the sounds of the nature. But I'm with someone else, so I want to respect him and try his thing. And um, he basically put music on, and it was good as well. It was really interesting. But he's his phone has these ads on his phone because he hasn't actually paid for the. I think it's Spotify hasn't paid for, so he ads keep running. You know, when the road ads keep running. I don't know, I've paid for mine. Uh, so basically, anyway, the ads keep running on it if you don't pay for it. Or, or something, one of the apps he's got anyway. I think YouTube and that as well. Something it? like that, yeah. And uh, basically what happened is an ad come on and it was like a, a car advert. And it was like, so we're in the woods on mushrooms and this car advert comes on. We're looking at these hornets, these psychedelic hornets, spiders. The sun's beaming through. All we're feeling is unconditional love. Complete in the moment, being swept with the most unconditional love that I've ever felt in my life. We're both crying with tears and laughter and joy at the same time. And this, bear in mind, this is just this is just the universe, the trickster aspect playing a game. This ad comes on and it goes, "You want to buy this Jaguar? This is a new four by four Jaguar you, for 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 nine nine nine. You've got to buy this. It's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> but in the moments when we're on that, at the time, we would mean you would hear that and mean you would still laugh about that, and we know how bullshit that is. Yeah. But because. We were in a heightened state, and in our conditioned layers, like I said before, were completely dissolved. It was, it was even more heightened. Like that laughter of that, of how crazy and stupid that thing was, was even more funny. So when the car guy was saying, "You've got to buy this Jaguar, you'll buy it," it was the I can't even explain it. It was the funniest and most stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
Whoa. It was absolutely crazy. It was like the complete bounders in my mind were just saying, like, look at how stupid this is. And then from that position, you can start analysing all the things that you, t- you take so seriously in your life. Like when you go to work, you take it so seriously and you come back from work and you think of it. And all these things in the timeline are just going over in your head. And it's just making you analyse every single aspect of all the things that are f- that you take too seriously in your life. And it just opens, up, opens it up in your mind. It just says, it just plonk something in your head like when you got cut up on the side of the road here or when you did this or when you wanted this object so much to think you're going to get happiness from it mm. and it just makes you it plonks this thing in your head that just look how crazy that is and you're just like yeah you're right look how crazy it is and it just goes through many different stuff that's insane that man but honestly one of the most one of the most interesting experiences I've ever ever had and I think as well is because it was with someone else. I think the experience of being with someone who is very close to you. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to do it with someone who's very close to you because I think if you're in a position where you're not with someone who's very familiar, and maybe not, maybe as well not. I think it's good as to be as well to do it with somebody who is actually asking the same questions as you and on a similar yeah. type of thinking. Because I've heard many trips that can be very different when you're with different people who have different are going through a lot of different issues. Yeah, I can hear them being quite frightening. But when when you when you are with people who are asking questions about the nature reality and stuff like that, I found that when I was with him, it actually, our together our 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 thought processes were sort of interlinking together, and we were bouncing ideas off each other as well as being in the moment. Fucking hell, man! That is powerful. Really, really powerful. Good. Shit, really man. good. What should we, should we wrap it up there? Hell yeah, man! That, that Anything was... else? Anything else? Maybe while we're on it. What else? Anything else? What has been on my mind, brother? But this is it. Uh, this this thought always came to us today. It was like when I was going through all the books I've been downloading, and I was thinking, can we have too much knowledge? Can we have too much? Can knowledge? we have too much knowledge? And this might be like as an individual thing. Right, we've got one ten on there. I don't know how long we've got left. I'll just look at it. It's fine. It's all absolutely, right. absolutely fine. And I was thinking, individualized. Can we have too much knowledge? Can one person have too much knowledge? Well, would too much knowledge for one person be their downfall? Because then they would be blind to other people's knowledge, thinking that theirs is more superior. And then I was thinking, well, on a on a larger base, not just like community, but like a global humanity, human race, can we have too much knowledge? And this is the part we're at now, where we're looking at our phones, constantly seeing asking any quest google any question google is the ultimate knowledge so we're asking google right i need to know this 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 and this and we're constantly getting fed this knowledge but is the more we're expanding up here being more of a detriment to us being in the moment being in life being in existence or exploring the wonders of life because if we were to say what does new zealand look like and you see thousands of pictures of new zealand that picture will never and you'll see so much pictures, you can read about the humidity, you can read about the beaches, You can, but you'll never understand the feeling of what it's going to be like walking on the beaches in New Zealand, feeling your toes in the um, sand, feeling the air on your, on your face. And I was thinking, I could read so much about every topic I ever wanted in history. I could find so much knowledge. But is the mere fact that I know that knowledge going to be a detriment to me in yeah. my life because I'm never going to truly be in awe of the experience of actually doing it I, I like that I've got two I've got I'll try and get this try and get these but I've got two th- points I want to see in your head so the first one is that I don't think too much knowledge is bad I think the it's the aspect of allowing knowledge in preconceived beliefs and notions in your mind 
to hinder an experience. So what I mean by that is is that if I have if someone's taught me that this is what's going to happen, like um, the, use a go back to the mushroom example. Mm. Someone says to me that this is what's going to happen. This is definitely this is what this this is even if someone said this is what it is. You will see this, this is ex- spiral. This, this is exactly time. what it is. Mm-hmm. This is this is what this experience is. This is just a, a something that is come from within you it's from your mind whatever it is mm-hmm. i think when i w- i think that would make me lose the if i if i did hold that information that knowledge of what i what someone else has told us that knowledge that i teen in my mind mm. if i told that too strong in my mind i think that would hinder the experience of actually just witnessing and allowing it to unfold yeah and i think as well that's what happens with sometimes with like you said the analogy of where you said i want to go to canada and you'll look at the phone like this i know i haven't ever been to um india or china which i do want to go to eventually in mm-hmm. japan places like that but it was a guy who traveled i think he tra- tra- traveled to like india and china and japan and he said that he researched all the maps of like everything where to go and stuff like that and he also as well like he had he had all the apps prepared on his phone where to of what places he wanted to visit and things like that mm. and he actually found that you can study all the maps that you want you can study like even all the apps you can study trip advisor and everything that tells you all the information mm-hmm. but it's not until you actually get there that the real journey unfolds because you're going to be you're going to be you're going to go off intuition you're going to see a street corner that you want to turn right on and t- turn left on and i don't think that no knowledge and no power no, no, no knowledge and no technology can actually can take that away from you when you're yeah. actually there. But I understand. Does that make sense? No, that's a good. It's a good observation that done because it makes you think. Like, can can there be such of a thing as like will human curiosity trump knowledge? Yeah, and that's what I, I was, think it always does. And yeah, that's what I was. Got, that's what I was vibing from there, man. And I was feeling that. I'm thinking. If I wanted to visit, say, Canada, New Zealand, or wherever, and I've studied everything, studied so much, and I went there, that experience would be completely different to anything what anybody else would have said, mm. anybody else would have wrote about. The whole essence of my emotional life would trump anything what they've got, what or anything what anybody else has wrote, because whatever I'm intaking from books and knowledge would be far limited than personal experience. That's why personal experience needs to happen in life. I mean, I thought this when I was doing the 30-day trial. I mean, I was thinking, I've I've read so many people do um, 30-day challenges. I've, there's an amazing book, um, and it's about um, all this person who does 30 day challenges for about 10 years of her life so she asked and she records it and just puts it out there and i was thinking i could read that but i'm never going to truly understand what it takes to do any one of the them 30 day challenges what she's going on about and so i was really thinking about life and i was thinking like me me researching reading all these books it's amazing but if I'm not following up on any of the information, if I'm not really exploring life is for me, then everything what I do in life is pointless. Yeah, and that's what I was feeling. I was thinking. I love that. That's why I've had I've had that as well. You know. Have you? That's one. That's going to be my big, massive observe me thoughts of like all the all the things that me and you were doing on the podcast. All this information that me and you were constantly soaking in our minds all the time. 
it, you can it gets to a point where you do need to act upon a lot of things that you learn because there's a lot mm. of times where we're interviewing all these different guests all the time and we're, we're having all these different perspectives and knowledge and our minds are being blown and, and, sh- and pulled all over the place one minute we're talking about nutrition then we're talking about mortality then we're talking about ei then mm. we're talking about adventure we're talking about self-sustainability and it does get to a moment within the conversation where in your own mind where you you do have to start acting upon some of these things mm-hmm. and you, I mean, you, you, you give the information time to simmer and you need to actually just even it sounds crazy but you can talk about going out in nature but you, you need to just go out and just go out in the woods and just go for a wild camp like just go and experience it because we can te- we and you can both like rattle off our experiences things that we and you've done and even i can rattle things to you and you can rattle things to me but mm-hmm. you have to go and you we you, that real that real experience because that gets back to knowledge. It's like what we said before about how knowledge can be void of their actual experience. Like you can read the apps on the phone. Like we can tell people all this information, but there's something when you actually go and do it that will that, we, that our language can't even explain about that thing. Yeah. Like someone can say to me, like you've got to, you've just got to go and you've got to go and have, spend a night in the woods. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually go and wild camp in the woods it's completely different to the way that someone ex- yeah. explained it. I mean, it, it's this is a this is um how i'd see it imagine you been in locked in a room all your life but you've been fed these books on japan uh-huh. right so you're constantly reading all these books that would taste horrible wouldn't it? and you'd think <laughs> right, and you'd think all the everything you, you knew was all in this book about japan complete workings of the history the culture the lifestyle the food everything you know about japan is in that book and you constantly read them day after day for like 30 years right you'd end up going to China are you, are you anything <laughs> I know <laughs> but are you when you leave that room do you actually know anything about Japan no that's exactly what I thought that's exactly the that's mind. the point I was making before about 100%. that about that you can read the apps and everything like that but you have to do the thing itself you you all you know in life everything that's and do you know what it is this is, this is going to get another bigger bigger point but it goes There's to, always going to be people who's going to question that. Always. It go. It goes to the aspect of, and this is going even deeper there, and I hope this makes sense. But like the schooling aspect, of like you sitting in a classroom, mm. and you regurgitating all these things that all these other people have done in books, like saying this is how it is, this is this is this, this is this. Wouldn't do you not think it'd be better if someone actually instead of having a class where they talk about the seasons and stuff like that, you actually went outside and the kids went outside and walked and looked at the seasons themselves. They went in the they had to walk through the woods and just exactly, and or instead I of agree. Or instead of being talked about nutrition, you actually go and try the nutritious foods, yeah. see what it feels like, do an experiment on do a do a thirty day experiment where all you eat is fruit and vegetables. Exactly, and that's void of life. I mean, we've talked about this whole safety aspect of life. We've talked about longevity. We've talked about we've talked about so much regarding the shape and structure of of what it is to be human but if you really t- if you really take away the knowledge of reading of researching and you take away the doing the experience part you are completely void of whatever what it takes to be human yeah and that's what i'm feeling yeah should we leave it there uh, yeah let's fantastic brother i think next week right that next observing our thoughts we do I think we should talk about because one of my observ- just to give people a little bit of a teaser. Dum, dum, dum. 
I think we should dive into immortality. Because yeah. I know that's what you talked about longevity. I know you've been asking this, this yourself the question as well of immortality, which was another observing your thoughts we never got to. A brief insight before we turn it off is I think longe- longevity is about a more biological aspect of how far we can push the human body. Mm-hmm. Whereas immortality, I think it's more of how far we push the human brain. And that's where I want to take it next time. Oh, I have, I'll have, I have contradictory thought of that. Ray Kurzweil says it's the three stages. It's the three that actually longevity is just the three stages to immortality. Well, <laughs> so that'll be that'll be a good observing all thoughts. So peace and love. Peace. Boom. Boom. Power to the people. <laughs> now that was an observing our thoughts at its best. Some deep rambling going on there. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And if you get some value from these conversations, please consider supporting the podcast for our Patreon page. Or alternatively, we now have a one-off donation option. So anyway, just to play this podcast out as we do on all these observing our thoughts, this is a recommendation from Chris. It is called Hollow Coves. Coves. It's a song called The Woods. It's an amazing song, and it was actually a song that Chris introduced to me when we were on the way down to record some of these epic podcasts that we do when we're traveling down so anyway i hope you really enjoy chris's recommendation it is an awesome song so anyway enjoy this the hollow crows the woods peace to hide A safe place somewhere in the woods we can start the fire All we know is what will be our home We will stay until the break of dawn
Radio.